I want the very best. That's what we tell ourselves, isn't it? As human beings, we understand that there's a spectrum of quality to everything. And we only want the best. We desire the best relationships, teachers, friends, food, clothing, appliances. But what makes something the best? Sometimes it's about the quantity. The brand supplies more of its product for the same price. But oftentimes it's the quality that makes the difference. When you pay an increased rate for a service, experience, or luxury, you do so with the assumption that you are receiving a higher quality product, one that's fundamentally different from the basic standard package. And with this in mind, we can explore a unique idea connected to this week's Parsha, Parsha's Akiv. Parsha's Akiv is replete with mention of Eretz Yisrael's greatness and uniqueness. And while every Jew is raised with the awareness of Eretz Yisrael's unique Kedusha, unique holiness, we still have to ask what is the nature of this holiness, this uniqueness and greatness? And it's true that you can suggest that the land of Eretz Yisrael itself is of better quality and more inhabitable, but we know there's something more. I mean, Eretz Yisrael is the home of the Jewish people, but it's also so much more than that. There are a number of unique mitzvos that can only be performed in Eretz Yisrael. Mitzvos hatuluyum ba'aretz. And the base hamikdash, the spiritual center of the universe, was located at the center of Eretz Yisrael. Hashem promised Avram the land of Eretz Yisrael as a sign of their eternal covenant, their eternal bris. So our question is twofold. What is the underlying uniqueness of this special land and why? Does the land of Eretz Yisrael possess this unique quality? So at surface level, the land of Eretz Yisrael is no more than the practical home of the Jewish people. I mean, at the surface level, you can see that there's nothing unique or fundamentally different about it. And this was the argument made in the 20th century when some people proposed that Uganda or some other place should become the new home of the Jewish people. I mean, according to these people, Israel was a practical safe haven for the Jewish people. And any other land could have sufficed as well. And this line of thinking diminishes, if not eliminates, any inherent uniqueness or spirituality that the land of Israel might possess. And according to this view, the base Hamikdash's location in Eretz Israel is of no intrinsic significance. And evidence of this would be the fact that the Jewish people had the Mishkan, the tabernacle in the desert, and that sufficed. However, such a view overlooks the true nature and depth of the Jewish homeland. Israel is not special simply because it is the homeland of the Jewish people. It is the homeland of the Jewish people because it is special. So let's explore this fascinating topic. When Hashem created the world, He created its accompanying dimensions of time and space as well. And this occurred through a process that emanated from one point of inception, the Evan Shasia, the rock of formation. And this rock of formation, from which the entire physical world expanded, is located at the heart and center of Eretz Yisrael, under the Kodesh HaKadoshim. The Holy of Holies in the base Hamikdash. It is from this place that all of time and space 
comes into existence. And as such, the rules of time and space that we know begin to bend as one approaches this holy spot. And as one reaches the spot itself, the rules of time and space cease to exist. So let's explore this in more depth, because there are several recognizable layers of time and space in the world, and they're organized in concentric circles. The outermost area is the world itself, governed by what we consider to be the normative laws of physics, time and space. However, once you enter into Eretz Yisrael, these rules begin to break down. In Sefer Daniel, Israel is referred to as Eretz Hatzvi, the land of the deer. And the Gemara in Gittin, Daf Nun Zayin Amabez, 57b, explains this comparison between Eretz Yisrael and a deer. Why? Because the skin of a deer once removed from its body, appears far too small to ever have fit over this deer. The deer's skin stretches on its body, a trait it shares with Eretz Yisrael. The land of Eretz Yisrael stretches to fit its people. And as such, there will always be room for the entire Jewish people to come home. And the second concentric circle is Yerushalayim, Jerusalem which lies closer to the center of Eretz Yisrael. And for each of the Shalash Regalim, the three festivals, the Jewish people gathered in Yerushalayim to celebrate. And the Mishnah in Avo states that nobody ever complained that they couldn't find a lodging in Yerushalayim. Because the city of Yerushalayim, an area far smaller than the land of Israel, miraculously made room for its people. And the third concentric circle is the Azara, the courtyard within the Beis HaMikdash itself. The Jewish people gathered in this area to daven on the Shalash Regalim, standing crowded together in the small courtyard. However, the Mishnah records the miracle that took place here. Although they stood crowded together, when they bowed, they miraculously had adequate space. And this is due to the unique spiritual nature of this place. They were standing in the courtyard of the base Hamikdash itself, in the center of Yerushalayim, in the, in the land of Eretz Yisrael. And as such, the rules of time and space bend. However, this is only true once they bowed down. In other words, once they negated their egos and recognized Hashem as the source of time and space, they were able to exist beyond these physical boundaries of time and space. But the last layer is the Kodesh HaKadoshim itself, located directly above the Evan Shasia. At this point, the laws of time and space break down completely. The Gemara explains that the Aron, the Holy Ark in the base of Mikdash, occupied no space. And this is clear from the fact that the dimensions of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, as specified in Malachim, were 20 amos by 20 amos, and yet the Arun had the same measurements. So how can that be possible? It's not physically possible. So to explain this paradox, the Gemara states that there are no measurements in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And therefore, this paradox poses no problem because the Kodesh HaKadoshim was a place of paradox, where time and space no longer existed. The Kodesh HaKadoshim exists in a realm above time and space. And this principle that the Kodesh HaKadoshim exists in a realm far above time and space manifests in another unique scenario. It's forbidden for anyone to enter the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies, at any time. 
the Torah states itself that no man shall enter. However, the Kohen Gadol enters the Beis HaMikdash on Yom Kippur and enters the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So how is this possible? So it's true that man cannot enter the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Not as a restriction though, but by definition, the Kodesh HaKadoshim is completely beyond space and time. And as such, it's impossible for a physical, mortal, confined human being to exist in such a place. However, the Kohen Gadol enters on Yom Kippur on a day when he is no longer a human. On Yom Kippur, we transcend our physical nature and embrace our angelic root. We wear white, dressing as angels. We refrain from eating as we loosen the hold that our physical body has on our angelic soul. And we say, Baruch Shem Kavod Machosoli Ed aloud, because this is a line that only angels can say out loud. And therefore, on this day, the Kohen Gadol represents all of Klai Yisrael, not as a man, but as an angelic being. And in that state, he enters the Kodesh HaKadoshim, a place that transcends the limitations of space and time that only an angelic being can enter. And this principle that we just developed, the intrinsic holiness of Eretz Yisrael, it also explains why there are many mitzvos, commandments that apply uniquely within its borders. This special treatment is not simply practical. It's indicative of the objective status of the land. Eretz Yisrael is fundamentally different, and thus it possesses a fundamentally different nature. It is the physical land most potently rooted in a spiritual reality. The very earth of Eretz Yisrael is saturated with higher levels of Kedusha. Every four Amos one walks in Eretz Yisrael is another mitzvah. So the produce is of a different nature, entirely filled with the nutrients of holiness and transcendence. That's why there's halachos and maestros and trumos and all these different halachos and mitzvos uniquely in Eretz Yisrael. And this also sheds light onto the Ramban's unique approach to mitzvahs performed in Eretz Yisrael versus those done outside the land. The Ramban suggests that mitzvahs performed within the borders of Eretz Yisrael are of a different nature entirely. And this is because mitzvahs are meant to connect ourselves to Hashem, and Eretz Yisrael provides the ideal setting in which to do so. It's the very center and root of this physical world's connection to the spiritual and is the ideal place for us to connect our physical lives to Hashem, to the ultimate spirituality, the ultimate spiritual source of reality. But there's also another strange phenomenon in the Torah which relates to the uniqueness of Eretz Yisrael. There are several instances where Chazal mentioned the concept of Kvitzas HaDerech, literally translated as jumping the path. And this refers to the unique ability for someone to travel at a pace quicker than the laws of physical nature normally allow, thereby enabling someone to travel extraordinary distances in mere seconds, or, or perhaps instantaneously. How and why does this work? So Chazal mentioned a few times where this occurs. One is when Yaakov is traveling from the house of Yitzchak, narrowly escaping Esav's clutches. And the second is when Eliezer travels to find a wife for Yitzchak. And there are several others, but what do these cases share in common? Is there any deeper connection between them? When, why, and how does this strange phenomenon occur? 
So while this requires a much deeper discussion, there are several options regarding the nature of Kfitza Saderach. The first is transcending the nature of time, moving really fast at the speed of light. And if so, one would be moving through space at a transcendent pace. And the second option is that the laws of space cease to apply, whereby one would disappear and then reappear somewhere else, as the Ramchal seems to allude to in Derech Hashem. And one could also suggest a wormhole within time and space, whereby one would enter one end of time and space and instantaneously exit from another side at a different point in space, with no or little time having passed. And the third option is that both time and space are a single connected concept called space-time. And both of these are bent in order to allow for Kvitsa Saderach. And while Einstein is given credit for discovering space-time, the Maharal and Tveris Yisrael discussed this topic centuries before Einstein was born, seeing that time and space are not two separate concepts, but are deeply and inherently connected. But regardless of which approach we take, Kvitsa Saderach allows one to transcend the laws of time and space. Now, why is this possible? It's because the unique place in which Kvitsa Saderach always takes place is Eretz Yisrael. Yaakov's journey from Beit El to the Makom HaMikdash took place within Eretz Yisrael and was a journey to the very root of creation itself. This was a journey that transcended space and time. When Yaakov awoke the next morning, he states, Ma no ra hamakom hazeh. No ra spelled backwards is Aron, the very vessel which would later be placed within that very same spot, the Kodesh HaKadoshim. The place beyond space and time. The place beyond place. Yaakov traveled to a place beyond place. A time beyond time. And as such, he was able to transcend space and time through Kvitza Saderach. And the same is true regarding Eliezer. When he traveled to find Yitzchak a wife, he was able to transcend the laws of space and time. Now why is this? So this requires an entire discussion of its own, but after the Akedah, Yitzchak became a paradoxical being living both above and within this world. The Midrash states that Yitzchak's ashes lie on the mountaintop, meaning that Yitzchak actually was sacrificed at the Akedah, and he was then resuscitated, becoming the very first recipient of Tchiyas Amisim resuscitation of the dead. And this is why the second bracha of Shmon which belongs to Yitzchak, mentions Tchias HaMesim. It's because Yitzchak brought this concept to the world. Chazal note that Yitzchak's name also spells Ketz Chai, he who lives Chai, while paradoxically also existing beyond life, Ketz, at the end, at the transcendent point of, you know, spiritual reality. Yitzchak is rooted beyond space and time, Kate's, and yet lives within it, Chai. And where did he gain this unique nature? On Har Hamoria, the very same spot where Yaakov slept, the very same spot as the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the meeting place between our physical world and its transcendent spiritual source. The journey to find Yitzchak a wife came right after this episode, and it became a journey beyond space and time to find a wife for Yitzchak, a man who himself 
was beyond space and time. And it's interesting to note that we find two forms of mikdash within Jewish history. The first appears to be a moving and wandering mikdash, the mishka, the tabernacle in the midbar, in the desert. The second appears to be a static and set mikdash, the besa mikdash, of Eretz Yisrael. So what's the meaning of this? Why are there two? And which is the ideal? And what are we supposed to learn from this? So I think that in order to understand the inner meaning behind this, we have to first note an important flaw in the question. The Mishkan does not predate the Beis HaMikdash. While it's easy to make this mistake, because when we look through the Chumash, we see the Mishkan being built before the Beis HaMikdash, which is only built later on in Nach, once we get to Yisrael, the root of Mikdash appears in the beginning of Sefer Bereshus, with Yaakov's Kvitsa Saderach and Yitzchak's sacrifice at the Akedah. This was the root of our connection to the transcendent, of our ability to bridge the gap between the finite and the infinite. This unique ability is most deeply manifest in the Makom HaMikdash, at the heart and center of Eretz Yisrael, on top of the Evan Shasiya. However, as we've explained many times before, every process has three stages. The first stage is the high, the inspiration, and experience of perfection and clarity but next comes the second stage, which is a complete fall, a loss of everything that was once experienced at that first stage. And then we have the third stage, which is a return to the perfection of the first stage. However, this third stage is fundamentally different than the first because while it's the same perfection, the same clarity, this time it's a perfection and clarity that you've earned. The first was given to you, now you've worked to build it for yourself. And our foundation was the Makom HaMikdash. That was the first stage. It was the gift our Avos gave to us. But then we had to rebuild towards that ideal through the Mishkan in the Midbar. And then we were finally able to reconnect to that original perfection by building the base HaMikdash in Eretz Yisrael. However, now that we've lost the base HaMikdash, it's our job to rebuild it again. First, within ourselves. And this is the meaning of Bilvavi Mishkan Evna. Within myself, I will build a Mishkan for Hashem. Not a base Hamikdash, but a Mishkan. And it's because when the base Hamikdash is gone, when we lost that ideal, we are called to recreate that light within ourselves. We transform ourselves and our lives into a vessel that connects us to Hashem, that receives His light and projects it into this world. And we thereby connect the physical to the spiritual, the finite to the infinite, the limited to the transcendent. And we can now understand the sin of the miraculum, the spies, on an even deeper level. The spies didn't only speak Lashon Hara. They rejected the uniqueness, the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. They failed to appreciate how special Eretz Yisrael is and therefore lost hold of its importance. It's most definitely true that the entire world is spiritual. And we can connect deeply with Hashem outside of Eretz Yisrael. That's true. However, if one doesn't understand distinctions within holiness and spirituality, one is doomed to mediocrity. Greatness comes from understanding that although everything is spiritual, 
There are levels and gradations. Not everything is equal. Not everything is the same. Eretz Yisrael has no equal. There is nothing like it. So may we be inspired to continuously deepen our connection with Hashem and Eretz Yisrael. And may we become the ultimate vessels for Hashem in this world, fully fulfilling the words of Bilvavi Mishkan Evnat.